We are back. Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. I'm Pam Powell of the Daily Journal and a few other places as well as Real Talk with Chuck and Pam and WCIA-TV, which is where Chuck and I do our film reviews on television. And I'm Chuck Kaplinski with uh, the Illinois Times, the News Gazette, and as Pam says, WCIA-TV. We're both on Rotten Tomatoes as well. And then, of course, there's our website, Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. That's R-E-E-L. Very good. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. Four-letter awesome. word. I'm good at four-letter <laughs> words. You know that by now. Yes, yeah. I do. Absolutely. Like. Like. Face. Nice. Right. Play. We're gonna go, we're gonna good. go into the Mr. Rogers Fred effect, aren't we? Uh, nice I and really face. need that. Yes, that probably <laughs> be a good idea for everyone concerned. It would. But let's delve into some deep waters. How about some dark waters? Because that's what we're gonna start with today is dark waters, which is an incredibly powerful and disturbing film based on a true story. Tell us a little bit about. The, the, the article that it was based on. Yeah, it was a New York Times Magazine article by Nathaniel Rich called uh, uh, The Man Who Became DuPont's Worst Nightmare. And you're going to want to look at that article uh, because Dark Waters, it's going to prompt you to want to know more about this issue. And I'm not saying that uh, the movie doesn't cover things thoroughly. It does. It does. But when you're dealing with a case uh, that runs over 16 years. And going. And, can, and still going. There's no way a two, two-hour and 15-minute movie is going to cover everything. Uh, this movie prompts you to want to find out more. It made me curious because it made me so angry. It, it does. And what angered both Chuck and I is the fact that this is based on a true story of basically poisoning poisoning people almost seemingly intentionally because Corporate they don't negligence care. negligence on a massive scale. I'm going to stop you for just one sec so that we can play a clip from Dark Waters. Almost heaven, West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains. Hi, Grandma. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Your grandma tells me her grandson's some fancy environment lawyer down in Cincinnati. I am a corporate defense attorney. So? I defend chemical companies. Well, now you can defend me. So Mark Ruffalo portrays corporate lawyer Rob Balot, and um, he is hired by a farmer from his hometown in Parkersburg, West Virginia, because this farmer, Wilbur Tennant, played by Bill Camp, is finding his his entire li- livestock is not just dying, but dying with these strange diseases and strange anomalies that he has never seen in his entire life of farming. Balot takes on the case and ends up suing uh, the huge chemical corporation of DuPont. Um, this is the antithesis of what you would think he, he and his firm would do because they represent big corporate chemical companies. Mm-hmm. DuPont happens to not be one of them, thankfully. It's an angering and disturbing and captivating, engaging. I mean, I can't tell you enough positive descriptors yet, negative ones as well because of the emotions that it invokes in you. It's a slow burn type of story um, and just absolutely devastating what DuPont Chemical Company has done and continues to do. Knowingly. 
Knowingly. Knowingly. It's almost it's human experimentation in some in some of the mm -hmm. things that happen in this film. And we've had so many documentaries that address those same issues. They haven't come to the public's light like they should. I mean, just recently we had Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Um, with their their water issues, and mm -hmm. now we're seeing so many kids that have special needs because of this. There is a direct correlation. Same thing with this chemical issue of this landfill in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Um, it'll it'll it changed me. Well, you know, we're at the end of the year, and uh, you know, we're both starting to think about awards and top ten lists, and this will be on my top ten list. Uh, I've rarely been this angry. Walking out, really? out of a movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Walking, walking out of a movie. movie right. And really been this <laughs> discouraged walking out of a movie just with human nature. Yeah. Uh, the high that, uh, the, the sense of hope that I got from watching the Mr. Rogers film a couple weeks ago. I mean, <laughs> this is the total opposite of this. You feel like you just were like a balloon that was burst. Yeah, just burst completely. It confirms everything that I fear. Uh, you know, and we have a lot of these types of movies now, uh, this time of year, the fact base, uh, as you had said earlier, David versus Goliath type yeah. things, Richard Jewell, Just Mercy, films that we'll be talking about in weeks coming, coming up. Uh, but I like this one best of all uh, because of the human element that uh, Todd Haynes, the director, so brilliantly captures here. Yeah. I mean, you, you see the effects uh, of this negligence in these people, and we're not sugarcoating it. And that's the other thing that I liked about this. I mean, sometimes you, as a director, you stay out of the way. You let the story tell itself, and the story is strong enough that it tells itself. But Haynes does a great job. There's that one moment in which uh, Balat tells his wife, uh, played by Anne Hathaway, everything that he has found out. And we intercut, Ugh. Haynes intercuts between three or four different things as he's telling us this. And what a great little five-minute sequence of film. Yeah. Absolutely haunting. Yeah. And this is something that does affect, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so powerful to both of us, mm -hmm. is it affects our lives. Everyone's. Every single person in this country mm -hmm. is affected by this story. Yeah, See this film. Home. See this film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's a dark, dark matter, so let's go on to something uplifting. Hey, divorce. Hey, cool. Let's talk about divorce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, what, what we say, the divorce rate in this country is over 50%. I think now, it's right? 67% Holy, now. You know what, every time, you know what, this comes up between you and I, I don't know why this subject does, but every time it does, that figure from you, it increases. <laughs> I think last time it was 58, and then the time, was, I mean, why, we're up to 67, so two-thirds, do yeah. you think, of I think Actually, I do, I think it is two-thirds. So think about the number of people that are affected directly by divorce, being a, a divorced couple, or children, oh, sure. children of yeah. divorce. Well, I mean, it oh, affects yeah. everybody. It's it's one degree of separation, if not zero. Right. Well, especially in this country. Uh, and we're talking about Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach's uh, latest film. Uh, and the writer-director puts his own divorce uh, from the actress Jennifer Jason Lee under the microscope here uh, and used that as the basis for this tale of a young married couple played by Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson who are breaking up. Let's listen to a clip from Marriage Story. And one of the things I liked about this film so much was its structure. Yeah, we see the breakup, but it's also interspersed with uh, moments uh, from when everything was fine. You know, the relationship was going well, where, uh, you know, you see the love that they have for one another uh, 
being portrayed in, in such loving ways. Um, and it's not that these two don't still love each other. And I think that's an interesting point that's made throughout the film. They might not like each other. It divorce gets messier and messier. And uh, when one of them actually goes back on a promise and introduces a lawyer into the mix. And that's, of course, where things get really, really complicated, yeah. messy, and... Uh, Laura Dern, Alan Alda, Ray Liotta, they play three different lawyers that uh, all get uh, mixed up in the end of this marriage. Uh, all three of them take different approaches. All three of them steal <laughs> scenes. Uh, and as you had pointed out, this is a cautionary tale. The Alda character is older, and he basically is saying, you know, this is an industry. It is. Don't do this. Yeah. He's basically uh, advising his client, Adam Driver, uh, you don't want to go down this road because it is a multi-million dollar industry, and the only people who walk away happy are the lawyers yeah it's it, it was you know I saw this film twice the first time I saw it um, I walked away with a different feeling than the second time that I saw it and I was siding with one person over another person and that totally flip-flopped the second time that I saw it the other thing that I, I walked away with the second time was the humor um, there are a lot of very very funny moments um, Alan Alda expectedly so, has some great, great lines in this film, but they're also, as you said, the cautionary tale, and he's got some very poignant lines as well. Um, Laura Dern has a standout performance, especially one scene when she is talking about the gender inequalities that exist in our society today. You can't help but choose sides. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Bombach claims that he showed the film to Jennifer Jason Lee, his ex-wife, and claimed that she liked it. Uh, but you always always have to keep that in mind as you're watching this film that we're only getting one point of view, right? That one perspective. But that being said, I think that for the most part it's pretty even-handed as how these two. Oh, come I think off. it is too. And I like the ending because this is the ending you hope for when you go through this. You know, as we've been pointing out at the beginning, so many people go through this. It's such a relatable film, and there is. I don't want to call it a happy ending, but like I say, what you would hope for right. when you it, go through this. It's, it's a slice of life, and it's a slice of their lives. And I want you to talk a little bit, though. This is something that bothered you much more so than it bothered me, is the music. Oh. Yeah, Randy Newman, and of course, the guy's a genius. We know this. He's been doing soundtracks and pop music for, what, three, four decades. Yeah. Oscar winner. Uh, and, but the music, I thought, was did not match the tone that um, uh, was being created. And I think course, it did in the beginning. Up. It did in the beginning, yeah. But, yeah. but then as things progress, the music doesn't change, but what's going on does change. Right. And who am I to say? I mean, obviously, Mr. Bombach must have liked what was happening with the music. This was the intent that he had. But I found it to be, to be very distracting and just didn't line up with, with what I was feeling, I guess, as I watched. Right. And I... I didn't notice that as much. I noticed it in the beginning because it is happy-go-lucky and we're yeah. reminiscing about the happy times in, li in their lives. And I didn't notice it as much. I know that, that bothered you a bit more. Um, but again, you know, that, that tone with the music and the humor really fits nicely together. Yeah, you know, and it's not ha-ha-ha humor, but it's, no. it's, you know, relatable stuff. It's human 
nature. Right. And that's what makes it so so effective. Right. And Adam Driver is he's got two great performances, the report mm -hmm. and this one. And he's got Star Wars coming out. Oh, uh, how did I forget that? Kylo Ren. <laughs> well, he's, he's just been incredibly busy. I mean, the guy's in, very much in demand and deservedly so. Right, right. And even Scarlett Johansson. And as you know, I am not you a are fan. You are president of the fan club, aren't of, you? No, no, no. This is, this is not true. I am not a fan. Um, she has an extraordinary performance as well, although I think Driver's a little stronger in this role. And I think that supporting-wise... Uh, could it be the writing? Um, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Perhaps. It's a, it's a really hard thing to tease out, I think. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. So what does that bring us to? Well, let's let's say that's streaming now on Netflix, so you can it see is. that now. It is, yes. Get to it uh, because it's it's not going away. Uh, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but as we get to the end of the year and awards and things like that, uh, Marriage Story is going to be in the mix, very much in the conversation. So, yeah, check this one out on Netflix. And we had waters in the beginning, so let's go on to some waves. We've got waves, and this is a film by Trey Edward Schultz, who gave us Krisha from a few years ago, or a couple of years ago. Uh, but more importantly, he gave us It Comes at Night, a uh, horror film that I really liked with Joel Edgerton. Actually, you have no taste. That's I how you no forgot. Taste. That's right. Actually, I liked that again until the end. Endings make or break it with me. They really yes, do. They do. And I will like totally wipe you off if you have a bad ending. I agree. In my mind. I agree. Okay. <laughs> so this film is uh, it's a unique film. It's a, I think it's bold. He seems to be a very bold filmmaker. And it's not necessarily my style. Mm -hmm. And the story, um, I give him a lot of credit for tackling something that may have been done before, but this in a very different way in that he um, he portrays a an upper middle class or upper class um, African American family mm -hmm. um, who is uh, struggling with a son who has made a decision that will affect all of their lives forever. It's a frustrating movie. It is a frustrating I movie. I find it to be a very frustrating movie, but as you say, it's a unique movie too. Um, because the second half of the movie, as you say, the young man does something that affects their lives. But then the second half of the movie deals with his younger sister, played by Taylor Russell, a young lady who's on uh, Netflix's Lost in Space. Gosh, was I impressed by this girl. And in most stories like this, that character would have been just kind of window dressing with a line of dialogue every once in a while and not really developed. And the one thing I liked, well, I liked a lot of things about this movie, but I really liked the fact that then they go into her story. And the second half of the movie is all about her and how she's dealing with the ramifications of all these things that have happened. And I thought that was not something you see all the time. Right. So kudos to Mr. Schultz for exploring that. Right. I liked that. And, and that, to me, was a, a bold undertaking because, I mean, it was almost like you had this stop in the road Mm -hmm. And then you've got part two, chapter two coming up, and he went full head into that. And you didn't think that part two, chapter two would deal with that? No, I no. thought it was going to go another direction, right. a more standard direction, and right. thankfully it didn't. My problem with this movie is, is that you, make sh you, you know that there's a director working the entire time. There's uh, music that's too loud. There are sound effects that are too loud. There are camera movements that are unnecessary and showy. And that snapped me out of this movie more times than it should have. Right, right. I think it focused so much on the artistic style that it forgot that it was trying to tell a story. Yeah, 
yeah, he, he needs to get out of his own way. Uh, I understand what he's trying to do, and I've read some rave reviews about this. Some people have really liked it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't think it, I, I didn't think it served the story. And I think in the end, that's what you want to do. Right. And I think it, it really kind of meandered at times as well, and it oh, lost its focus. Oh, especially the end. And there, there was, in part two, chapter two, yeah. we had subplot three mm -hmm. <laughs> that um, with Lucas Hedges' character. Yeah, and I character. didn't mind it because it was Lucas Hedges. I always like seeing him. And, and some of the scenes with that were were quite unique. He's a very awkward young boy, and his interaction her, yeah. is charming and sweet yeah. and reminiscent of those first crushes and first loves. Mm -hmm. It was really kind of endearing. Um, however, that went down a different path than I was expecting. Again, a lot of these things are very unexpected, which can be very good in a movie, but I think in this case, it just went down a detour, and it really didn't need to go down that way. Well, you know, and this is a low-budget film, and Mr. Schultz, you know, he directs it, he produces it, he writes it, and that can be a good thing and a bad thing. And, and I think one of the dangers you run into with a situation like this is that when you have one person in control, there's no one there saying, hey, you know what? Maybe <laughs> right. you should cut this. Right. Or maybe we should do it another way. So you're going to sink or swim by your own right. instincts. Uh, I, I think he needed someone on board to maybe guide or uh, put forth another opinion every once in a while. Right. Because uh, you have to say, though, the guy's committed to his vision. He is. And here's an interesting aspect. I was able to or interview all three of these uh, talented people. And um, Trey and the uh, main Harris. character, Calvin Harris, mm -hmm. and, um, they worked together on this script. I understand that Trey had an initial view of what he wanted to tell in this story, and Kelvin had his own experiences that were very similar, and together they melded it and came up with this storyline. So there is that collaboration mm -hmm. between the two of them and bringing in the African-American story and background um, was obviously Kelvin's mm -hmm. um, story, and together they did have a collaboration. But, yeah, I think maybe kind of whittling down a few things might have been helpful. Yeah, I think you, you, you fall in love with every aspect. Right, you right. Don't you don't want to cut your darlings. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Kelvin Harrison, also very good here, as he was earlier this year in Loose. Yes. Kelvin uh, Harrison, Jr., guy, a name to remember, definitely a young man to watch. So, um, take a look at that if you're interested in seeing a little bit of an artistic film. <laughs> Have a couple hours to spare. Have some aspirin ready at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the music and the cinematography were a little bit overload for me, which we'll talk about in another movie coming up on Christmas Day, and I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it will. Um, but now, hey, let's talk a little bit about... Um, all the awards that are starting to um, be presented. We've got the New York Film Critics Association. We've got the Gotham Awards. We've got the National um, Board Review and the AFI Awards have all come out already, which is incredible. So what do we have? We've got the Irishman, I believe, has taken home a few awards already as, long, as well as Marriage Story. Um, what else do we have on that list? Uh, well, you know, 1917 seems to be popping up a great deal. Uh, as well uh, as it should. You know, this is the time of year where, where there are a lot of questions and these, um, these organizations are always first out of the gate and they start to give a little bit of clarity as to what's going on or what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I didn't think it was a particularly good year, but of course that was before uh, November and I can't remem remember another year where Studio saved so much good stuff till the end. Yeah. I mean, I know that's traditionally the the strategy, 
But man, it, it was just like one thing after another. And you see this reflected in these, these lists as well. There's a couple uh, surprises as well, which is what you always like to see. Uh, like the uh, New York Film Critics. Uh, I was glad to see that they uh, named... Uh, Antonio Banderas, right? Best actor for right. Pain and Glory. That's a movie that people probably haven't heard of yet, or haven't seen yet. Obviously, it's not in wide release, but we've seen it, and it's a great film, incredible, and a great performance. It's probably going to be on my top ten. I was surprised by this film, and it's not the type of film that's going to get a lot of play. So it's good when organizations like this put people out there to remind other groups, and hopefully, some some momentum can be. Uh, can be started for Mr. Banderas. Right. And one of the surprises on this list for me was um, the actress Lupita Nyong'o from Us, who got Best Actress. Um, that one was so not on my radar anymore. I had completely forgotten about it. Not one of my favorite films, although her performance is quite unique it's and extraordinary. It's the reason so to watch it. It is. It is, truly. Um, what else do we have here? We've got uh, the... So that was the uh, New York Film Critics, and they named... Uh, the Irishman is their best film. Uh, National Board of Review, New York, also named The Irishman as the best film. They had some interesting choices, though, as far as the acting rewards were concerned, uh, as they went with Renee Zellweger uh, for uh, Judy, which I didn't have a problem with, and Adam Sandler as best actor for uh, Pam's favorite film of the year, Uncut <laughs> Gems. Uh, and I'm hoping that he gets some notice here because, it, and we'll talk about this one later. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, you know, I thought he was brilliant. Okay, let's let's chat a little bit about Uncut Gems just because it's it's named here. I didn't have an issue with Adam Sandler's performance at all. Good, thank you. Wow, way out of character for yeah. him. Completely and, and different. And he's got you from the first moment till the end. And I don't like him. Yeah, you, you, yeah, right. you, you don't like really him There's really not a whole all. lot to like him. I mean, you have your, your main protagonist, and you're not liking him. That's a not tough thing all. to pull off. But we'll, we'll review that one more later. But I've got no issue with Adam Sandler with that one. Although, I mean, the best actor category, I think, is pretty filled up. It, there's going to be more than a few deserving men going to be on the outside looking at. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be the same thing with Best Supporting Actor as well. That's going to be a really, really crowded category too. Uh, and the National Board of Review went with Brad Pitt on that one. Can't mm. really argue that other than the fact that it's really a lead role. I do like that the National Board, uh, Board of Review recognized Richard Jewell, and that's a movie we'll talk about next week, a movie both you and I like. They went with Kathy Bates for Best Supporting Actress, and they have a category for Breakthrough uh, Performance, and that went to Paul Walter Hauser. And if you know him at all, it would be from I, Tanya a couple years ago. <laughs> and he has the title role in Richard Jewell, and boy, he impressed both of us. Oh, he was absolutely incredible. While I was watching it, I looked up the real Richard Jewell, and I thought I was looking at Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah. It, it, he has an uncanny way of becoming, truly becoming. And I think this is very typical of all these films that are based on factual material. Mm -hmm. They, The actors are becoming those people before our very eyes. Incredible. Yeah, Hanks is Mr. Rogers. Right, and, right. Know, my fear is that Mr. Hauser is going to be one of those guys on the outside looking in because it is so, so crowded. Right. Uh, the American Film Institute, they kind of go about it in a different way. They just throw out a list of <laughs> 10 significant films of the year. Uh, I kind of like that, actually. Yeah, so it's it, it's a little general, but then again... It, it's kind of the participation award at the highest level as opposed at, oh, to having first, nice. second, third at place. At the highest <laughs> level, I like that. 
So uh, what, did, what did the AFI go with as far as their top 10? Uh, looks like we've got 1917. Um, the Farewell, I know that is not on your list. Nope, that's the um, one that stands out as a, what are we thinking? But again, The Irishman, that seems to be a consistent theme. Yep. I think we're going to see a lot of awards, especially around right. Academy time for The Irishman. Jojo Rabbit, I loved Jojo Rabbit. That will be making my top ten list. Uh, Joker's on there, too. It is probably not going to make my top ten list. But again, another guy who you've got to look at for best actors, Joaquin Phoenix from Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wow. We have Knives Out, which I loved. And then I see Marriage Story, which we've already talked about. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Richard Jewell. And, oh, did you I skip one? Did I skip you one? skipped one. There was a I movie there. No. I, Little Women oh, also was on the top how 10 did list. I skip that? For AFI. Maybe you had a tiny little stroke there as you were going down the list. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> a stroke that it made the top 10 list? Yes. I don't know. Yes. I, mean, I think oh, that's, boy, that's what incited talk it. We're going to about that one, too. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, this is a good list, I think. Again, there's only one, and I know there's probably two for you, uh, that stand out as a, wait a second, that shouldn't be there. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have put a couple of those on my list, but Little Women, I just don't think it should have gone on there. So. All right, if you say so. That's what I say. And then the other group that came out uh, with their awards uh, were the Gotham Awards. Uh, and one thing I think that you need to keep, it, keep in mind is that all of these lists that we are looking at uh, are based out of New York, except for the AFI. Right. So that... I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so, so you really need to take that into account because now it's going to get interesting once, uh, you know, we're in the Chicago Film Critics Association. Uh, once uh, we uh, announce our list and other uh, organizations outside of New York announce their list, you're going to start to see some different names. Right, right. Uh, and... So, so that's going to be interesting. But the Gotham list, even though it is out of New York, it had some interesting little choices like that. Can you believe that? Is right. Best actress? Aquafina. Aqu I, I think she did a wonderful job. I don't know that I would have put her up there in best actress given all the other women that I would have put in there instead. I don't get it at all. Not at all. Uh, again, a New York film. Uh, Gotham Awards went with uh, Marriage Story as their best film. Uh, which, you know, you're not going to be able to, to argue. And what was best documentary? Uh, we've got American Factory, which I really enjoyed that one. There is there is a documentary that's getting zero love right now, and that is going to be my top documentary of the year, and that is The Biggest Little Farm. Nobody has, I mean, it's an incredible Maybe film. Maybe there's a reason no one's talking no, about No, no, I think it is just so under the radar that people are forgetting that it was there. However, Maiden, which is another favorite of mine from, the, from this year, um, has gotten a lot of love. Well, another one that's being forgotten, uh, the Gotham Awards gave Breakout Director Award to, uh, how do you say that? Oh, come on. Lord de, de Clermont-Tonnerre. Clermont <laughs> uh, director for The Mustang, a uh, movie that we both loved from earlier this year. It'll be on my top ten list. Uh, so I'm glad to see that was mentioned. Best screenplay play was Marriage Story. Best uh, actor was Adam Driver from Marriage Story. Again, these are the Gotham Awards out of New York. Uh, so those are really no surprises. Well, and The Farewell takes place in New York and China. That's true. You know? That's true. And then breakthrough actor was Taylor Russell from Waves, one yeah. of your favorites, yeah. and, and I agree. She's she's got quite a bright future ahead of her, if that's any indication as to her abilities. Yeah. So the big winner there for the Gotham Awards were uh, was Marriage Story, which really isn't a surprise. I guess the only surprise is that uh, Irishman was nowhere to be found, and Scorsese obviously is a darling of New York. 
but uh, we'll be checking in every week until the Oscars with uh, lists of organizations that announce their awards because they're going to be coming hot and heavy every week uh, until we get to uh, the end of February. But really the most important list is going to be coming out on WCIA when we announce our lists of best 10. Yes, that's always fun to see just how uh, Pam airs uh, <laughs> on her on her best of list. It's oh. always a, a, a laugh riot uh, oh. whenever I see that. So uh, yeah, we'll, when we have a firm date for the airing of that, we'll make sure we let everyone know. Thanks, everybody. Take a look at Real Talk with ChuckandPam.com, and we are going to be having tons of giveaways all month long because we've got lots of great swag to share with you. Hey.